Let's get ready for Tourney Baseball. I know I am. Welcome to the Gem on the Queen's Crown, an adventure taking you through the terrain of Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn, Stitcher, as well as Pocket Cast, Acast, Anchor.fm, Radio Line, Radio Public, Player.fm, Spreaker, Podbean, Podchaser, Overcast.fm, BeyondPod, Podbay.fm, Listen Notes, TheLeeWMowen.com, and the host, GemCitySports.com. Music is provided by FreestockMusic.com. Now, please join your host for another exciting episode of the Gem of the Queen's Crown, Lee W. Mowen. episode 41 of the gem on the queen's crown and after the opening inspired by michael buffett you know the guy that says let's get ready to rumble and has made quite a nice living off it it's time to talk about baseball playoffs and i like to start off first with high school results i'm not going to go over the entire bracket because that would make this episode about an hour long just covering that i would however like to talk about the district winners and i'm going to do that for baseball softball and track because track is a sport i ran in high school even though i only ran one year and i sucked at it running on asthma is not the greatest idea i ever had but i wanted friends so there we go We'll start off with boys track. Your Division One representatives are Centerville High School, Mason High School. Division Two is Springfield Shawnee, Indian Hill High School. And Division Three, Cincinnati Country Day and Twin Valley South out of my hometown, West Alexandria. For girls track, Division One is represented by Centerville High School, Lakota East High School, Mason High School, Troy High School, Division 2 has Bell Fountain, Versailles, New Richmond, Summit Country Day for Division 3, West Liberty Salem, and also Twin Valley South. Now in track, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe you can still represent a school if you finish in the top 8 in districts. You go on to regionals, and I think it's top 8 again, and then you can go to state. It's... uh. It's based on how well you do in the event, but the teams I listed, I believe they had the most points in their district meets. I guess I'll share a high school track meet. My favorite moment is always going to Dayton Mall before districts, and I think it was the last one to get one of those aqua massagers. I don't think they're at Dayton Mall anymore, but it was like a giant tube, and you go in the middle of a tube, kind of like... I don't know. Kind of like a sandwich or sub, I guess. You would be the middle of the sub and the sub 
is the part that has the water on it and you get sprayed on by water I had to run I think three quarters of the way back to the bus with no shoes on because I was the last one to try it and also Lazarus was still Lazarus and not Macy's like you care about that but yeah I didn't get to run in districts I suck I'm not athletic I just like sports anyway your baseball division representatives are Elder High School, Archbishop Moeller, and Centerville in Division One. Division Two is Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy, Shamnal Julian. Division Three is Bethel Tate, Blanchester, Madeira, and Division Four. You have Rushi, Fort Loramie, and Cincinnati Christian. And one more for Division Three. It's in a weird order on here. Again, SWDAB.org is where I get this. Middletown Masson, Division Three in baseball. Congrats go out to those teams. In softball for Division One, you have Lakota East, Lakota West, so both Lakotas in Westchester slash Liberty Township. They are representing Division One down here in the Sunday area. And also Lebanon High School. For Division Two you have Greenville High School. Had the pleasure of announcing one of their games, the Reds Futures High School showcase game at Wright State, the first softball game at WSU Softball Stadium for, again, Reds Futures High School Showcase. They took down Northmont 2-1. to one. Also in Division 2, you have Kenton Ridge, who took down Monroe. I saw David Jablonski's tweets and photos. I believe his username's David Jablonski, but he's verified. You can easily find him. Division 3, you got West Liberty Salem, Indian Lake. In Division 4, you have Bradford and Newton, both members of the Cross County Conference. Congrats to all those teams. Represent your schools well and keep spring alive. That wraps up the high school portion. Normally it takes a long time to finish. Again, regionals up next. They start May 24th, weather pending, of course. Actually, I think we have some solid weather after today. Yesterday we had a big storm roll through. I'll talk about that a little later. Boys tennis, the state tournament begins Friday, May 25th at the Lindner Family Tennis Center in Mason, just across the highway from Kings Island. Wonderful facility. Absolutely wonderful. Track, regional start May 23rd, go through the 26th, and state is in Columbus, I believe. Starts June 1st and 2nd. Your regionals for baseball and softball are May 24th, 25th. And you can look at the brackets on swdab.org. Again, for baseball, Ellert, Moeller, Centerville, Mason, Division Two, Ross, CHCA, and Chaminade Julian. I don't think I said Hamilton Ross for Division Two. That's weird. Anyway, Division Three: Bethel Tate, Madeira, Blanchester, and Madison. Division Four: Cincinnati Christian, Rushi, and Fort Loramie. That's baseball. For softball. For Division One, Lebanon, Lakota West, Lakota East, and Mason. Again, there's another team that I don't remember saying on the districts. I'm sorry. Division Two is Greenville, Kenton Ridge, and Clinton Massey. Division Three, Indian Lake, West Liberty, Salem, Williamsburg. Division Four is Newton, Mechanicsburg, and Bradford. And you can check that all for yourself. So. Let's talk about local college baseball now. We'll save the 
top of the hill for last. I don't know what that phrase was supposed to mean, but we'll save the best for last. That's a phrase you probably know. And I know, too. We'll start off with the Cedarville Yellow Jackets. Now, around here, there's some colleges that do carry college baseball. Uh, but most of the schools that I talk about through the podcast for football and basketball don't carry it. Central State, Wilberforce, they don't have baseball. I'm trying to think. Uh, Indiana University East does not have baseball. Which is funny because when I had my internship with the River Rats for two seasons, I always said that McBride would be a nice spot for him. It's a little far from the campus of IU East, but meh, it's not bad. And McBride is a historical field. We got Earlham that does carry baseball in Richmond, Indiana, but we'll talk about that as we go through. We'll start with Cedarville. They finished 9-29 and on the year and 4-21 and in the GMAC, that's the Greater Midwest Athletic Conference. They lost nine in a row to close out 2018, including a sweep in Owensboro, Kentucky, to the hands of Kentucky Wesleyan. The last win the Yellow Jackets had was April 13th against Alderson Brodus to split the doubleheader and avoid the sweep in the hands of the Battlers. And I'm looking through here to see if there's a series win in conference play. There is a DH win, not a three-game series, but a DH split, I should say, at Maslin, Ohio, at Malone. So the Yellow Jackets, 9-29 and on 2018. We'll jump up 72 to Wittenberg, the home of the Tigers in Division Three in Springfield. 14 and 24 went Wittenberg and 8 and 10 in conference play. And they are not part of the tournament. They did split their last series at Ohio Wesleyan. Lost the first game 11 to 7, won the second game 8 0. We move down to Wilmington, the Wilmington College Fighting Quakers. Finished 11 and 26 in baseball play, 3 and 15 in the OAC. That's the Ohio Athletic Conference, and they took a DH at Ohio Northern to close out the year, 8 to 6 and 11 to 3. We'll go to Division One before we mention a, another important tidbit in local college baseball. We'll start with the Miami Redhawks. They have a buy in the Mid-American Conference Tournament. And that's going to be at Avon, Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. That's the All-Pro Freight Stadium. Once the home of Cleveland State Vikings baseball before they folded. That was a hike for Cleveland State folks to come out and see Vikings baseball. Once called the Pipe Yard, the home in Lorraine, Ohio. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Miami Redhawks. Took the last series of the year. In fact, they took the last two series of the year against Central Michigan and Kent State at home. Kent State, known as one of the tougher muscle flexors of Ohio College baseball in Division One, And the Red Hawks took Game 1 10-3, lost Game 2 7-1 to Kent State, and won the finale 5-2 to 
And the Central Michigan series, Miami dropped the first game 6-2, won the second game 4-2, and won the third game 13-8. Again, the Mid-American Conference, that gets underway this Thursday against Ball State, Central Michigan, or Toledo. That will happen Thursday, May 24th. Red Hawks have a bye. Red Hawks have a record of 33-18 and and went 17-10 and in conference play and amassing a 20-7 and record at home sweet home. Went 11-10 and on the road and 2-1 and in neutral sites. In fact, Miami's first series of the year was at Arizona State on two doubleheaders and they split both doubleheaders by scores of 4-2 for Miami, 7-2 for the Sun Devils on February 17th and on the 18th, Lost the first game in seven innings, 11-1, and won the second one, 16-8. So the Red Hawks, very impressive year. Congrats go out to Miami. We'll jump to Dayton because I have personal experience watching the Flyers, you know, as their PA announcer and all. We'll go to Xavier. The Musketeers went 20-35 and overall and 7-11 in Big East play. They closed out the year... Hosting Villanova, won the finale 8-6. Won the first game against Villanova, 23-1. And lost the second game at Hayden Field, 13-10 in 11 frames. So Xavier, nice finish to 2018. We'll now jump to the Cincinnati Bearcats. UC will have the number three seed University of Connecticut in Clearwater, Florida, May 23rd. At three to kick off the American Athletic Conference tournament, your Bearcats of UC went 28 and 26 on the year, 12 and 12 in AAC play, 18 11 at March Shot Stadium, 8 and 15 outside Cincy, and 2 and 0 in neutral fields. Their last conference series was against South Florida or USF. They dropped it, won the first game 10 7 at home and lost the next two, 8-6 and 9-8. They did beat the Ohio State Buckeyes in their last non-con game of the year, won it in seven because storms were rolling through. 14-4, nice crushing of the Buckeyes from the Cincinnati Bearcats. Again, UC has UConn in Clearwater, Florida to kick off tournament play tomorrow, May 23rd, Wednesday at 3 and now we'll go to Sinclair Baseball. If you don't know by now, Sinclair is heading back to the NJCAA World Series. What is NJCAA? That's the National Junior College Athletic Association. You know, for community colleges. Non, I believe it's non-four-year schools. I think if you're a four-year school, you can't be a part of it. I think that's the whole kit and caboodle on that. So Sinclair... They're heading back to the World Series. That's a well-oiled machine that head coach Steve Deniman has for the Tartan Pride. They call the Athletes in Action Complex in Xenia, Ohio home, which, if you know your geography in Miami Valley, that is Central Green County from a campus that's located in Central Montgomery County. It's turf. It's a turf field, Great East Field, beautiful baseball complex. I can tell you about the time where Wright State had to play a couple games out there. And um, they were building Grady's Field back in 2007, 2008. 
season, and Valpo was in the league, so it had to be 2008. And, um, yeah, it was a big mud pit because they didn't have anything built. But if you go out there now, it's tremendous. I love that place. It's just, it's just a shame that Sinclair's got to travel all that way for baseball. It, you wish there was a closer facility that Sinclair could use. But that's nitpicking. These Tartan Pride deserve your devotion. They will be part of a 10-team double elimination tournament that runs May 26th through June the 2nd. Sinclair went 4-1 in the NJCAA Region X is 10. That's 12. Sorry, I probably should have figured that out before I went on the podcast and said that. That's Region 12 District 1 Tournament. Like I mentioned, Tartan Pride went 4-1. They beat Macomb 3-2 to to get things underway. Beat Lansing 3-0. Beat Cuyahoga 10-3. Lost 10-4 to Kellogg, but came back in the 8th inning to take down the Kellogg Community College baseball team 11-7. Kellogg was ranked higher than Sinclair. If I remember right, Sinclair was 10th and Kellogg was 3. Kellogg's a strong team. And Sinclair, for the second time in three seasons, is going to the big dance in baseball. Congrats go out to Sinclair. I'm going to be following along, and I'll provide results and updates on this very podcast when I can. This will be in Enid, Oklahoma. Enid? E-N-I-D. I think that's Enid. Might be Enid. I'm not sure. Someone tell me. At the David Allen Memorial Ballpark. Like I mentioned, it'll start Saturday, May 26th. It's 10 teams, double elimination, two losses, your season's done. Sinclair is 44-9 heading to the NJCAA World Series. And there are links available if you go to OCCAC.org. I believe it's the first article you can pick. There are links for audio broadcast, video broadcast, if you like to pay and see it, results, and the World Series bracket. Complete teams and seedings to be determined, as it says, but we're going to go ahead and click on it and tell you that it's empty. So, come back later and you'll see who's in it. It's NJCAA Division II Baseball World Series. Go get him, Sinclair. By the way, there are a couple of Tartans that are becoming Flyers and Raiders. Eddie Persinger, who was the first baseman for Sinclair, he has picked UD to continue playing baseball. It's going to be great seeing him in the red and blue next year. Also, Wright State is getting a catcher as well. In sophomore catcher, Daniel Merlano. He's going to be a Wright State Raider next year. Career 292 hitter. Eight home runs. One of the best defensive catchers in the region, this article says, from May 15th. And he's going to finish his associates in engineering. Going to Wright State, who has a very nice engineering program themselves. And that's going to be pretty interesting to see how Merlano fits into the Wright State mold. There are currently two catchers, three catchers actually, 
in Bentley Jones, along with Brandon Giltrow, and also Connor Regan, who is a freshman at WSU. And Merlano will become a Wright State Raider. Can't wait to see Merlano don the green and gold for 2019. But there are some baseball to go through in 2018. Before we talk about that, I'd like to talk about the Dayton Flyers. They finished 21-31 and on the season and 10-14 and in Atlantic 10 play. Swept Davidson on the road to close out the season. Winners of four in a row are the Flyers. Took down Toledo at home 4-2 for the last home game of the season. You know, as the PA announcer, that was my sixth season with the Flyers. And after the Horizon League tournament, it'll be my fourth season at Wright State. Because I started in 2015. Yeah. Fourth season at WSU. But this is the first year of head coach Jason King. He took over longtime head coach Tony Vittorio. Brought his staff from his previous job. And... These Flyers, they picked up the most conference wins since 2014. That was the last time the Flyers got to the A-10 tournament. And I believe that's the most wins since 2014, the overall 21 for UD. Went 10-10 and at home and 10-21 and away. And 1-0 in neutral site. That was just the second game of the year against Evansville at Walford South Carolina, 6-3, the Flyers won that. For 20 games, being the PA voice of the Flyers, I had to miss five this year. I hate when I have to miss games, but... Being, being the voice of two college baseball teams means a lot to me. I get to see both sides of the rivalry, and... I get to call two places home. Great family, great people to work for and with. And, yeah, wouldn't trade it for the world. I feel that the future is very, very bright. I can't wait to see, I mentioned Eddie Persinger coming to Dayton via Sinclair. But I can't wait to see these new Flyers. We honored five Flyer seniors this year. And all of them happen to be relief pitchers. I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast yet, but I don't know if I ever done a senior day where all all of them were same position and same coming out of the bullpen type of thing. I don't know if that's ever happened or not, but yeah, future's bright. Coach King will whip the Flyers into shape, and I can't wait for 2019. So, free admission. Come on out next year to see the Flyers play. Fall ball will be come up in the fall. That's why it's fall ball. I don't know why it would be fall ball any other reason, but you get the point. So Dayton finishes the year at 21 and 31, 10 and 14 in conference play, and 10 and 10 in home sweet Warner Field. And now it's time to talk about the Wright State Raiders. What a season Wright State's had this year. I've had the privilege to do most of the home games for Wright State Baseball. I share the duty with two others. 
Wright State finished the season 36-15. and 15. I believe that's the best college baseball record in the state of Ohio. That is a winning percentage of 70.6, by the way. And 22-6 and six in Horizon League play. That's a winning percentage, round up to 79%. A five-game winning streak for WSU. And went 16-3 and three at home. Actually, I've done two of those home defeats. One was to UIC in the series finale, going for the sweep. One was to Milwaukee for the series sweep. And one was to Oakland, the first game of a doubleheader before Wright State won the series in the second game. Again, 16-3 and at home sweet home. Those three losses I mentioned were all in Horizon League play, meaning the Raiders were perfect against non-con opponents at Nishwitz Stadium. Went 17-11 away from Nishwitz and 3-1 in neutral sites. This Raider squad is quite good. I can see a couple Raiders being picked up in the draft. Please, Cincinnati Reds, pick up a Raider. Last Raider they picked up, I think, was Keith Gordon. And, um, yeah, it was back in 1990. I feel like he made the majors, but I don't know on that. It's been a while. Anyway, because the Raiders done so well in Horizon League play, they failed to drop a series, well... I would say it's failed. Let's reward that. They won all their series, including three sweeps. The latest sweep was at home against Northern Kentucky in the Norse. They won the first game at Fifth Third Field, home of the Dayton Dragons, 12-0. Won the second game against Northern Kentucky, the one I got to PA, 13-6. And the last game of the regular season, Saturday, May 19th, the Raiders put on 22 runs on the Norse and won 22-2. That's two local TV stations in Dayton, by the way, if you care, but no. Let's, yeah. 22-2, to two, and it was a 10-0 lead after two. The Raiders put 10 on the board in the second. So, it's time to talk about Horizon League Tournament. It'll be held in Nishwitz Stadium, and yours truly will have the PA announcer's role for all but one game. And that's the second game of Wednesday, tomorrow, depending on when you listen to this podcast. Your six teams, all of them make the Horizon League Tournament because that's the minimum amount of teams you need. Hopefully the Horizon League will add a couple teams to Horizon League in the future. It is Wright State the hosts, followed by number two UIC, number three Milwaukee, Number four, Oakland. Number five, Youngstown State. And number six, Northern Kentucky. So the schedule looks like this at Nishwitz Stadium. That's where all the games are happening. Wright State and UIC being the one and two seeds, respectfully. They will have buys and won't play the first day of the tournament. Your opening game will be number four, Oakland, battling number five, Youngstown State, and that's at noon. And game two, the only game I can't make of the tournament, will be at four o'clock as number three, Milwaukee, squares off with number six, Northern Kentucky. Now, in the first round, if you lose, that's it. 
If you win Wednesday, you keep playing in the tournament, and then it becomes a double elimination process. Meaning that if you lose once after Wednesday, you still can get to the championship. However, if you lose Wednesday, that's it. That's your tournament, that's your season. All these games will be on ESPN+. Plus. And if you're wondering if that's rebranded ESPN3, no it's not. This is something new. And on April 17th, the Horizon League made the announcement that all the spring championships will air on ESPN+. Plus. And basically what ESPN Plus is, you pay a little bit a month and you can watch college sports, I think rugby or Aussie football. One of the two, Aussie, Australian football. And your frequently asked questions on ESPN Plus is asking how you can access ESPN Plus. You can go on the ESPN app on your mobile device, also ESPN.com, and it talks about how the app is now focused on personalization. That's nice. It is... Five bucks a month, four ninety nine per month, or forty nine ninety nine per year. You can get thousands of additional live events and original show and films, and an on demand library which is not available on ESPN's TV or digital networks. And again, you can pay it off monthly or yearly. And what Horizon League events will be streamed on ESPN Plus? Three league members: Oakland, UIC, and Wright State. We'll be piloting select spring events on ESPN Plus and all spring championships, which, other than baseball, was softball at UIC, outdoor track and field and tennis, and advance of the fall season. That's when you'll know when you can watch games there. ESPN Plus will not include access to ESPN's existing linear networks, which is on TV everywhere. And the goal of ESPN Plus is to be a premier all-in-one digital sports platform for fans. So, it is not on ESPN3. You can watch it on the mobile app of ESPN or ESPN.com. It's $4.99 per month or $49.99 per year. I think there's a trial where you can watch it free a couple days and then you got to decide if you want it or not. But, that looks to be the future of Horizon League streaming. If you want to watch Horizon League sports on video, you go that route. So, if you can't make it to Nishwood Stadium, it will be on ESPN Plus, all those games. I don't know who's broadcasting them. It's not me. I'm the PA announcer. You might hear me on the ESPN Plus streams because I'm the PA announcer, like I said. This is the first time since 2016 where Wright State hosted, and before that it was 2011. I remember 2011 so vividly because of the fact that I graduated November 2010. It was always a dream of mine to broadcast the Horizon League Baseball Tournament. I never got the chance to. Uh, we did stream the games on WWSU a couple times, and the upcoming general manager threatened to fire me because he has a grudge against me. Well, no. Something really stupid before he even had the job. So, yeah. That was fun. But no, I got to send 
Rick Griffin out to call it a Gary, Indiana. It was Vapo that was hosting it. But Vapo's field isn't as nice, so they moved it to the home of the Gary Railcats, which is independent ball. So that was pretty cool. I got to produce probably all those games. Actually, all the Wright State games, I think. I don't think we did all of those. I don't know. That's a good that's a good memory. Forget. I do remember I was threatened to get fired by a guy that wasn't even in charge yet, so, you know. He didn't want me back as sports director, so that was cool. Anyway, <clears throat> that's not important. What is important, the sports director that took over after I graduated, he invited me back to call the Horizon League tournament, and I ended up doing most of the tourney. And I got to see Wright State win the kitten caboodle, and I still have my scorebook somewhere of that. Gotta find it. 2016, I got to do some of the games, which was really cool. And then I got to do a high school softball playoff game. It was a Johnstown Monroe against Northwestern. And after that game, I ran up and Wright State had already won the Rising League Tournament, which was really cool. So, I get to do almost all the games. I can't do the second game, as I mentioned, because I got a Dragons game. Which, by the way, we'll talk about upcoming. So, Wright State's hosting the Kitten Caboodle. Again, you can find all this. You can find a copy of the bracket at twitter.com slash WSUbaseball. I'll be tweeting along at the Lee W. Mowen. You can follow me for that. And it will be a swell week of baseball. Championship game is Saturday, May 26th. It's either at noon or 4. The only reason why we need the 4 o'clock game in case the losing bracket wins that game, then it forces a winner-take-all, and then you crown your champion. So, fun times ahead. Come out to Nishwit Stadium. And I'm trying to find prices for you. You can go to horizonleague.org and check out the 2018 Horizon League Baseball Championship. Tickets per day, $8 for adults and $5 for a child, which is 10 and under. And seniors 65 and older, not to be confused with senior class of 2000XDX. And if you have 15 or more in a group, you can pay $5. Students get in for free with a valid student ID. So Wright State, you have your right one cards. Show it, get in for free, watch baseball. What could be better than that? If you want an all-tournament pass, it's 20 bucks for an adult and 12 bucks for a child, senior, or a military member. It doesn't say military ticket price up here. And you have directions. It's a viewable stadium off State Route 844, which if you know your numbers of roads, you don't need to hear this next part. But it is the state route that connects you from I-675 northbound to 444 and right past an Air Force Base. You can literally see Nishwood Stadium to your left, but please keep your eyes on the road. You know, on WSCRaiders.com, there was a picture of Nishwood Stadium being taken from a droid, and it's weird seeing the up-top look of it. It's, it's beautiful. I love Nishwood Stadium. 
I think it's I think it's a great place for baseball. So hopefully there's a lot of people that come out. I hope to see all six fan bases in attendance. It's going to be a great week. It starts tomorrow, Wednesday, May 23rd. And I cannot wait. So come to Wright State and catch the baseball tournament. We now move on to Dayton Dragons baseball. Yesterday, the Dragons were rained out in the bottom of the fifth, and that was a game I won't soon forget because of the fact the scoreboard program crashed on me and it gave me the option of Lake County, which is the visiting team and also the Class A affiliate of the Cleveland Indians, against Lake County defensemen. So yeah, that was fun. It took me about, let's see, bottom third, fourth, about two innings to get it up, and I finally get it up for the middle of the fifth, and here come the storms! Yay! Uh, we had an hour and 23-minute rain delay before the umpires decide, let's suspend the game. So, what's going to happen is, the day I'm recording this, which is May 22nd, we're going to finish the suspended game. And it's going to go nine innings. And the scheduled game for today is going to be a seven-inning affair. And that's going to start shortly after the first game concludes. Dayton and Lake County were tied at two. Packy Norton, the left-hander, which Tom Nichols, the broadcaster of the Dragons, always tells this story on TV broadcast. But Packy's name comes from the fact his little brother couldn't say Patrick at the time. He kept calling him Packy, and it's kind of stuck with him. It's a really cool story. As opposite of Gregory Vasquez. And Dayton hit a home run. It was first baseman John Sansone. He hits a couple home runs a year type of thing, you know. Good power on him. And doing quite well this year for Dayton. And uh, I hate sounding like a homer. And I'm sorry, Cleveland Indians slash Lake County Captain fans that might be listening to this. I don't know who hit that home run. For the captains. It was during the time when we were trying to figure out why that stats was not working properly. But it was tied 2-2. And if you go to Dayton Dragons, which is Dragons Baseball on Twitter. They tell you what you can do with your tickets if you have those. If you have tickets dated for today, May 22nd, you can get into both games. If you have tickets dated for May 21st, you have to call the Dragons for ticket exchange information. Not sure if anyone that has those tickets are avid listeners of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, but, you know, we talk Sunday sports. Dayton is entering this game 21-20. and They took 3 of 4 from Great Lakes. They're on a three-game winning streak. And, as, again, Tom Nichols has mentioned... This is probably the streakiest team in baseball. Not just minor leagues, not just indie league, and, you know, all of baseball. One minute, Dayton's cold. They started off the year three-game losing streak. Then they ripped off nine straight wins. Then fell eight straight times. And then took five straight. Lost the finale at Clinton on a walk-off hit. I don't think it was a home run. I don't remember. But it gives me a chance to say Clinton Lumber Kings, which is a great name for a team. And then, back and forth, I think the losing streak hit seven 
No, eight. It hit eight because the DH against Great Lakes, which was because of the fact that Dayton couldn't play at Great Lakes because they had snow. I still can't believe that happened. An entire series got snowed out. Weather and baseball. But Dayton 21-20. and 20. This is a solid team. They are in fourth place. They're looking at a seven-game hole from first place Lansing. Again, Class A of the Blue Jays of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And... I don't know if Dayton's going to have enough muscle power to wedge in between Lansing and Bowling Green Hovrods, which are in second place. I don't know. Nice thing about Midwest League, it's two halves. So if you don't get a playoff spot in the first half, go for the second half. I think Dayton can get in the playoffs again this year. We're talking about a, a franchise. The first year I started working, that was the year Billy Hamilton swiped over 100 bases and... Trying to think of some of the former names. Donald Lotz was on that team. There's a couple of pitchers that I'm forgetting who. Uh, I think it was Tucker Barnhart on that team with Chris Bursett. Let's see, who else? I was talking about this in the official scores room. David Deanna. I think I said David Duvall. And I don't know if that's a real person or not. There's Adam Duvall. I like him on the Reds. We'll talk a little bit about Reds, too, after this. But Dayton, 21-20. and 20, Currently in fourth place. Just a couple games. I think a game and a half behind West Michigan. This is all assuming what, you know, they're doing. I have the internet, so I can look at the standings and not sound like a dum-dum. So Dayton is six and a half back of first place Lansing. I said seven. And they're four and a half back of Bowling Green. Anything can happen. West Michigan is five and a, five games back of Lansing and two and a half back of Bowling Green. Dayton six and a half back of first. Behind Dayton are the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, who spot possibly the youngest team in baseball I've ever seen. They had two players that were 18 and I think 10 players that were under 20. That's insane. That's San Diego, by the way. Lansing's Toronto, Bowling Green's Tampa Bay, West Michigan's Detroit, Dayton, Cincinnati, Fort Wayne, San Diego. Lake County is in sixth place, 19 and 24, nine and a half back of first. They're Cleveland. South Bend, the single A of the Cubs. They're 17 25. And on a six game losing streak. South Bend against Fort Wayne, they had a game where they committed seven errors. I think the most I ever put up on the scoreboard was like five. Seven errors. That's rough. And Great Lakes, who happens to be the single-A affiliate of the Los Angeles Dodgers, they're 13-28. and 28. And on a three-game losing streak. And that's your Eastern Division of the Midwest League. So, I was a little bit wrong, I'm sorry. Dayton's 3-7 and seven in the last 10. And at home sweet home, they're 15-7, and seven, which is the second-best home mark only to Bowling Green's 12-5. and five. Lake County's in town for four, then Dayton hits the road for a little bit, and then West Michigan and Lansing come in to close out May and open up June. That's a big series. I mean, not just for the Dragons, for me, that starts 14 games in a row I work for the Dragons, and I don't think I've had a streak like that ever in my eight seasons working for them, so that's really cool. So yes, Dayton Dragons baseball, cheap tickets, come out, 
watch what could be future stars of the Reds or future stars of MLB. Miles Gordon's hitting the ball a lot better. His average is over the Mendoza line. <laughs> I was trying to think of that term on the fly on Sunday's game. I said Mason Dixon line. I know, I'm stupid. You can laugh at me if you want. I laughed at myself for a good long time on that. Dragons are starting to hit better. Pitching, starting pitching's still high on ERA. But they're starting to come around. This is a good Dragons team. I think they'll make the playoffs this year. Might not be first half, but I think this Dragons team is good. Come out and watch some ball. Let's talk about the Cincinnati Reds. They had a rough series against the Chicago Cubs, but Chicago walked off Billy Hamilton on a walk-off walk, so there's that. Cincinnati, ever since Riggleman took over, been playing better. It's a better start in that 3-18 and beginning. I think they're back at home. They were off yesterday. I know because on the way home, I listened to Cleveland Cavaliers versus Boston Celtics on 14-10. They got that game streamed on there. It was very nice to hear. Your Reds open up a three-game homestand against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And it's evening games Tuesday, Wednesday, afternoon game on Thursday. And then go west, young Reds, to Colorado and Arizona. Arizona's like, what, 1-10 in the last 11 games? They've really hit the skids bad after starting the season so well, too. Colorado, I think, is doing okay. I better open up the standings before I make myself sound stupid again. That's a that's a theme on this podcast. I, I feel like I know what I'm talking about, but I actually do it, then no, I'm an idiot. Arizona is now in second place. They have lost nine of the last ten and five in a row. Colorado is in first place at twenty six twenty two, followed by the Diamondbacks in the West. San Francisco, who took two of three in the Bay City from Cincinnati, twenty four and twenty four. LA 20 and 27, San Diego 20 and 29. Your Reds are in last place in the NL Central, 16 and 32. 13 games looking up at first place Milwaukee. Pittsburgh's fallen to fourth place. I thought they got first place. Pirates have lost three in a row. Still a half game. No, that's wild card. I'm sorry. Two games back of first place. It's Milwaukee in first, 29 19. St. Louis 26 and 19. Winners are two in a row. Chicago Cubs, 25 and 19. Pittsburgh, 26 and 20. Cincinnati, 16 and 32. That's the least amount of wins in the NL I'm seeing. Miami has 17 wins. They're 17 and 30. They have lost three in a row. And four or six of the last 10. Cincinnati's won five of the last 10. Looking at the AL, Kansas City. Has 14 wins, yet they are 5th place in the AL Central. Only to 13-31 and 31 Chicago in the White Sox. Chicago's got the least amount of wins, but they're a half game up on Kansas City. Cleveland leads the AL Central, by the way. I know there's plenty of Indians fans around here. 22-23 and 23 are the Tribe. The Twins are one game back at 20-23. and 23. Detroit 20-27. And I mentioned White Sox, 1331, Kansas City, 1433. 
Houston leads the West, 30 and 18. Seattle, LA Angels, Oakland, and Texas, 18 and 31. I'm pretty sure I talked about this on the podcast, but that huge shift that Houston put on against Texas's Gallo, Texas's Texas Gallo, and uh, yeah, where only the left fielder was on the left side of the playing surface where everyone else was shifted towards the right, and they got a ground out 4-3. to three. The second baseman was in the right field grass. New York Yankees lead the AL East, followed by Boston, a half game back, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Baltimore with 15 wins. That's your MLB. The Reds are home on my birthday, which is two weeks, and I don't want to talk about, so why am I talking about it? I don't know. And I thought about going there. It is Bark in the Park night. Cool. I get to go bark in the park night. I do have free vouchers for the sixth, the June sixth game against the Colorado Rockies, but I don't know. You still gotta pay for parking, and uh, I don't know. I'd rather just listen to my Reds on radio. I I love, I love hearing Marty Bredeman call the action. This weekend he didn't get a single inning of work. He was off. It was Jim Day, which he does an alright job on radio. And Sam LaCure, former Reds pitcher, he was there on the color, which I didn't know at the time, but he did okay. I know one day Marty's going to hang up the headset, you know, uh, my family members keep asking me, when are you becoming the voice of the Cincinnati Reds? I tell them never, because, pff, good lord, it's taken me eight years to find something, and I'm still trying. Yeah. Just realized, June 19th, Detroit Tigers come in. That's not the thing. They have a Fiona the t- the Hippo ticket package. That's interesting. If Mark Schlemmer was on this podcast with me, he'd be like, Why do you need all that? Play winning baseball. And I kind of agree, but, you know, you gotta get, you gotta get the non-hardcore fans in, too. I don't know. But... Baseball! I hope you enjoyed episode 41 of the Gem of the Queen's Crown. And come out to Nishwood Stadium and wave high, yell, Your podcast sucks! through the window and everyone's going to look at me like, You have a podcast? Yeah, I talk about it all the time. Do you not pay attention? No, um, come out, watch good college baseball, and watch Wright State go for the big dance. UIC's in it too. UIC's pitching is pretty lethal. But Wright State took 4 or 6 from the Flames this year. And it's going to be interesting. That will do it for this episode. It's been a fun one. And we'll see you for episode 42 next week. Thank you for listening to the Gem on the Queen's Crown. Follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Acast, Radio Public, Anchor.fm, Radio Line, Player.fm, Spreaker, Podbean, Podchaser, Overcast.fm, BeyondPod, Podbait.fm, and Listen Notes by searching Gem in the Queen's Crown. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown, and follow on Twitter, at Gem on Queen Crown. Follow the host on Twitter and Facebook at The Lee W. Mowen. 
visit theleewmallon.com and gemcitysports.com. Music provided by freestockmusic.com. Thank you.